The Plaza Hotel debuted to the world when a car chase careened by it in the 1971 Bond flick Diamonds Are Forever. Since then, the iconic downtown Las Vegas casino has seen its ups and downs, but since 2014, when CEO Jonathan Jossel took over, the plaza is getting something it hasn't had for a while. Talked about. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we talk with Jonathan to find out how the plaza plans on staying relevant when other properties of such um, vintage typically head to literal implosion. It's Wednesday, January 11th, 2023. I'm David Figler, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. Jonathan Jossel of the Plaza Hotel, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Thank you very much for having me on here, David. I'm honored to be a guest here. Well, we're glad to have you. Uh, we're very interested in the hotel that you are the CEO of. And I just want to launch right in. How do you find a balance between the historic components of a 50-year-old famous property in Las Vegas and staying, I don't know, I'm going to use the word hip for a new audience? I, I like relevant. Relevant, I like okay. Relevant. Hip implies something else. Relevant means you're current with today. So it's a great question. You know, a lot of the people when we started this project, and I say we started this project, we invested in downtown in 2005, but it wasn't until I became the CEO in 2014 that I say we started this project because that was really when I took hold of control of the reins. And a lot of people kept telling me, Jonathan, you're wasting your time. You've got to knock the place down and Ooh. rebuild. That's what Las Vegas was built on, knock it down and rebuild. And the more people told me that, the more I wanted to prove them wrong. Good for you. And I wanted to be, I wanted to convince myself that actually you could do it the way we have undertaken to do it, which is sort of step by step, attack each piece, but keep the bones and the history where they were and where they were successful. And a big part of that is, is, is understanding the history what made the plaza great in the 70s, 80s, when it was the iconic plaza in downtown Las Vegas, and then understanding what today's customer wants and what today's clientele looks for in a property and find the balance. And so we chose not to knock it down. We chose to focus one piece at a time, reinvest. It's a significant reinvestment. But overall, we got really good bones here. And so we believed in remodeling and reinventing. And, and it's incredible. Everyone says, well, if you go too modern or, in your words, hip, you'll alienate the, the older clientele. But actually, you find that young people want to be around more mature older people. And you find that older people want to be around younger people. And that as long as you've got good energy, good customer service, and you're doing things the right way, you'll be successful. And thankfully for us, this uh, approach has worked for the plaza. So historically, what's most interesting about preserving about the plaza? I, I'd say number one is the address. We're very lucky. I can tell people we're on one main street, which is the first address in Las Vegas. And even if that isn't 100% true, it sounds great. <laughs> and, and, and people really buy into that. And you, you look at the train tracks behind us to the west, and you look at Fremont Street experience to the east, and you do believe that the history of Las Vegas started right there between those train tracks and Fremont Street. So the physical location is a big part of the history. But then when you talk about the actual property, the light bulbs in the front of the building, we can never change that. So when we do the new bar and the new developments that we're building up front, 
it's embracing those lights. It's making those lights a big part of the focal point in terms of the elements in the property. I think people like some of the more intimate setting of the, I don't want to say low ceilings because that sounds negative, but I think there's a charm to the old Vegas casino. As long as, again, it's not in an overly smoky environment, it's not dirty, it doesn't smell. As long as you do it in the right way, there is a charm to the older casinos, the chandeliers, the layouts, the mirrored ceilings, the old catwalks. People want that experience. Not everything has to be luxury high, and there's nothing wrong with that if you're building the win. But but I think people do buy into some of the old Vegas charm, and the plaza has that in abundance. Let's run down some of the new things that are there. You certainly, and I'm going to just say this, um, not expectedly, have really committed to some public art or public visible art on the outside of the building, music with the Sandauer downtown. You got the funky old Steakhouse Oscars. It's kind of in the midst of the Fremont Street experience. You're doing pickleball, which is the hottest new sport from my understanding, uh, short of box lacrosse. So tell me about what makes the plaza special to you and, and how your adventure into these new things is going. Well, and you only just scratched the surface. You didn't mention what we do with bingo. You didn't mention what we do with rodeos. I mean, who would have thought an English guy, a Jewish English guy would be throwing a rodeo in downtown Las Vegas? Somebody put it, Benny Binion would be smiling in his grave if he could see the horses and the bulls in downtown <laughs> Las Vegas right now. Right. But to answer your question, I think part of what you just touched on is what makes us, I think, special, which is we can try things that others wouldn't dare. We're small enough and we're a private company that's owned by one gentleman out of the out of Europe. His name is Poyur Zabladovich. And, and he's supportive of what we want to do. And those murals on the building at the time were very risky. I would be the first to admit it. Not everybody thought it was a good idea. Some people questioned it. And why don't you run down the, the three artists that you highlight there? I think listeners might be familiar with at least one or two of the names. We have uh, three artists. As you point out, we have Shepard Ferry. Um, we have Fail from New York. And we have D-Face out of England. And they're probably three of the biggest street artists in the world. You can see them on, obviously, Instagram or online, anywhere their works. But Shepard Ferry, I'd say, is probably top three in the world in terms of street art. And 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 this is, I think, his second biggest piece he's ever done. And people thought we were crazy. And, and yet the social media impressions have been through the roof. We've had people stay here because they love the artists or they wanted to be near the murals. We have people visiting to see it. Again, it gives us a way to differentiate and stand out. And... Uh, I, uh, somehow, and this is where I was maybe more skeptical, it didn't didn't take away from the history and the classic vintage feel of the plaza. It only accentuated it and kept us relevant, which was which was wonderful. So tell me what makes the plaza special to you. I think what makes the what makes it special is this idea that it was so successful in the 70s and 80s. It was the biggest hotel casino in the world when it was built. It was such a tremendous physical asset and yet it just got neglected. It just got run down and it just fell apart and and nobody cared about it. And when I came here in 20, 2007 I started learning about you know, I came here to do real estate. I never thought I'd be the a licensee with the Nevada Gaming Control Board. I never thought I'd be the CEO of a hotel casino. But 
once I started studying the history of the plaza and getting to know the people in here, there was a guy on, there was a bartender when I moved out here in 2007, and he was here on opening night in 1971. He'd worked at the plaza for 45 years, oh. which was longer than I'd been alive. And to me, that was just so striking that you had these people that had worked here for 25, 30, 35 years who had been a part of such an iconic property. And yet now it was just, for lack of a better word, it was sad. And my my belief was, let's put this place back on the map and make it the place to be in downtown Las Vegas, which is what we're trying to do. You, you certainly do that on New Year's Eve. I think your big fireworks party is one of the things that people look forward to every year. And this year it had drones in it. But yeah. um, as you're talking about sort of these innovations to stay relevant, which is your word, stay in the mix, what sort of challenges do you experience as your neighbors along the Fremont Street experience pursue perhaps different models? For sure. So there's two parts to that. One is I think we had to stay relevant because the plaza became this forgotten child in downtown. And as everything else was doing better, the plaza was getting left behind and the zip line that was built obstructed the plaza's views and access from Fremont Street. And so we needed to let people know we were still here. That's where the fireworks originated from. It was like my territorial call. <laughs> Have you ever been to like Africa when the lions roar to let the other lions know they're there? The fireworks are my my annual roar to let them know we're still there and the plaza's still there. And it's something I'm very proud of. But I think the second part of your question is what they do is wonderful for us. Let them all explore their different, find their niches, explore their different demographics because the California is bringing a lot of Hawaiians downtown. Circa is bringing all the sports betting crowd downtown. The Golden Nuggets bringing 3,000 people a day to their hotel. It's wonderful for all of us. Okay, but real talk, Jonathan, how upset yeah. were you when that zip line just kept building and building and obstructing that beautiful view from your restaurant along the Fremont Street experience or when Circa just went bigger and bigger and bigger and became such a, a, a high part of the skyline that the plaza kind of had of its own for so long? Okay, so hold on. The zip line was funny. In 2000, I think it was like 2012 or 13 when they started building it. I'll never forget, there was a guy, he doesn't work here anymore, but he, he came into Oscars with me and we saw the construction. He goes, wow, you must have really pissed somebody off. <laughs> and and I was like, yeah, they're really trying to screw us. But I will tell you that ever since the zip line opened, our numbers have gotten better literally every year with the exception of COVID. So how do I explain that? I cannot because the zipline in theory was designed to hurt us. No doubt about it. Fremont Street was pissed at us due to the history of the the dues and the history that I wasn't even 100% involved in. But it didn't, it didn't do that. It perhaps brought more people to downtown. It perhaps brought more people to that landing platform. There's many things to it, but no doubt that that was intended to harm us. And that group of people at the time probably were mad at the plaza due to the history. I think that there is an issue with Fremont Street and they do need to do a better job of controlling the street, policing the street, cleaning up the street, maybe programming it in a different way. But overall, it's an attraction. And at, you need attractions. If you look at some of the places on the north end of the Strip, I bet they wish they had the Fremont Street experience at their doorstep mm. to, to feed them with that for traffic. I think you're totally off on Circa. When Circa was getting built, firstly, we sold them the land for Circa. So we knew what they were intending to do. We didn't know it was a sports theme. We didn't know exactly the size of it. We knew it was going to be a very, very significant development in downtown Las Vegas. And very smart guys on the Strip have told me that the key to this business 
is the neighborhood effect. You need to have things around you. And when you look at the plaza in 2000 and call it 2012, and you go the Las Vegas club, which is where Circa is now, it used to be on that site. And you had the Greyhound bus station and you had the train tracks and you had the empty land on Symphony Park. You basically have a zero neighborhood effect, if not a negative neighborhood effect, right? Yeah. Circa is a high-end, nice property that is built with a lot of amenities from the pool to the sports book. And they can't cater to all of those people in that it's a, it's a, it doesn't have the rooms, doesn't have the restaurants to, to cater to that size of amenities, which is great for them because they're bringing a lot more people to downtown, which I think was their intention. And you, you, anyone who tries to convince me that it hasn't been anything but a huge benefit to me personally and to downtown is, is wrong. Let's, let's shift to other challenges of the modern era. Um, it's 2023. Partnering with outside companies sometimes draws attention that may be unwanted. You have four new experiences opening up soon, including a really big Pink Box Donuts. We've talked about the owners of Pink Box on this podcast and learned some people won't eat there because they also own lots of housing units in town, those single suites, et cetera, that the U.S. Congress looked at for troublesome eviction practices during the pandemic. Congress ultimately called some of what Siegel did uniquely egregious. Is is that a concern for you in 2023, that an outside partner may bring that kind of unwanted attention? Um, look, uh, obviously, you're, you're, you're sensitive to who your partners are, and you want to be in bed with good people. My personal relationship with the, the people you mentioned, the Seagulls, the the Judy, the wife, Steve, the CEO of the company, Michael Crandall, they're nothing but wonderful people, and I've enjoyed getting to know them over the past couple of years. So, uh, so yeah, I can't really comment on this. I don't even know, to be honest with you, those things you, that you're, you're mentioning. I, I don't even know much about that. Let's ask it just in general. You know, with some of the people that you might partner with, if there was some sort of controversy that was out there that wasn't particularly favorable would that be important to you and and in what way? Sure, yeah. So like we have a partnership with a YouTuber star and in the contracts that we do with all of our partners, whether it's our tenants, there's a couple of things that are big no-nos. You can't mess with anything that's anti-gaming control board. If you did anything that the gaming control board had took issue with, you'd be instantly out. That includes any show we do, any restaurant we do. There's For a lot of the restaurants, there's language referring to it. You can't do anything against what the unions would deemed to be against their, con- their a breach of their contract. So, of course, we're very sensitive to those things. And in terms of more like public public relations, we, we definitely are sensitive to that. It's interesting you mentioned that. One of the questions when we were doing the murals on the building was, what if it turns out one of these artists become, I don't know, they do something illegal or bring their name into disrepute? And that was something we factored out about having a fund at the end of the day to remove the mural if we yeah. had to do that at some point. So, yeah, we're, we're sensitive to that. And no doubt in 2023, you have to be conscious of that. There's been some events in our showroom with comedians who have said uh, things in poor taste. And once we did cancel a show because the guy was so egregious. But other than that, we've sort of gone with it. And some of our employees haven't been happy that we would give a platform to some of these people. And we try not to do that. But again, it's usually along political lines. and, And that's not our place to be the judge of that. Well, let's talk about the other controversy, which is smoke-free slot machines and gaming experience. I think a lot of naysayers out there say that smoking and gambling have to go hand in hand. Tell me about the 
I'm going to use the word experiment or the innovation that you're going to be launching and how you answer the naysayers. Well, you're absolutely right. Some of the smartest, most experienced people in Las Vegas who I respect tremendously have told me it ain't going to work, Jonathan. You got to be smoking. The good news for us is you call it an experiment. I don't say it quite like it as it's an experiment, but in my mind, I know if this thing tanks because it's no smoking, guess what? The next day, we're going to allow smoking. So it's a very easy fix. Hmm. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think there has been a tremendous shift in a couple of things, maybe driven by COVID, but I also just think lifestyle. I think people are changing the way they think about things. I think if you had said 20 years ago, you can't smoke in a bar, people would have said, you're nuts. Now you can't smoke in a bar. I mean- Well, not in, in a lot of places, of course. Yeah, that's what I mean. Sorry, in a lot of, not a, it's, not a, it's not a law, but in a lot of places. And yet they haven't seen any change in that. And then you go to places like California where there's no smoking in the casinos right. and they're doing great. The beautiful thing about what we're doing is one, I can change it overnight. And two, more importantly, I'm not going smoke-free as a hotel and casino. I'm creating a high-end, fun, brand new section that's going to be smoke-free. A lot of the places that do smoke-free and then say, gee, it doesn't work, it's because they stick them in the back of the building, they put the worst slot machines in there, and they and they say, oh, look, it's dead. Well, yeah. <laughs> what about if you put it in the front of the building and you build it in a beautiful way and you put the best product in there, what's going to happen now? So I think I think it's different. I think people's tastes have changed. I think the next generation is certainly changing. And I think that it's going to be a huge hit. But but again, we still have the smoking area on the other side of the property. And we can always change this area if we had to. So when is that slated to launch? So you, we're doing four projects, the Pink Box Donuts, the Smoke Free Casino, a new carousel bar, which is the biggest attraction of this development and then a, a new patio for oscar steakhouse the carousel bar should be open in the last week of february early march and then the donuts and the patio and the smoke-free casino were targeting end of march early april with the grand opening for all four areas at the end of april save save the date april 26 27 28 Jonathan, my last question is let's jump into the time machine together and go forward to the year 2050 what does the plaza look like, assuming you want to still be calling the shots there? Are there going to be hover slots, robot dealers, brain implants for sports bettors? What do you got lined up for 2050? I think the, the key for the plaza specifically is there's this 17-acre site in the middle of downtown. Uh, I'd like to believe before 2050 it's going to be developed in a significant development with some major attractions. And I'll, I'll go on record and say downtown's overtaken the Strip in 2050 as the premier attraction in, in Las Vegas. Wow. Bold. I love it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to let you off the hook. What would be a dream yeah. development on your, on your 17 acres? Well, let, let's not go to 2050 because the world's going to change so much. I mean, look, look, look 27 years ago where downtown was to where it is now. Give me, give me a more realistic timeline of the next 10, 10 years. years. And I would say I, my, my dream development would be three things on that 17-acre site, including keeping the plaza in its current configuration. But I think you'd have a new high-end, I say high-end, but higher-end than anything else downtown, but not necessarily Wynn or Cosmopolitan, hotel, casino uh, on our land. You'd have residential. I think residential is critical to the neighborhood and getting the right demographic living in downtown Las Vegas is critical. And I would like to take on the South Point, or not even take them on. I would like to 
be a mini South Point because they're sitting on much more than 17 acres and have an equestrian indoor center doing tremendous amount of events because I think it's a great demographic for downtown Las Vegas. Jonathan Jossel, CEO of the Plaza Hotel downtown. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts about uh, your casino downtown and gambling with us here on CityCast Las Vegas. Thank you very much. I hope uh, anyone listening, feel free to come down to the plaza, ask for Jonathan at any of the venues or bars, come down to Oscars, have a cocktail. Love to meet you. And thank you, David, for your time. Before you go, a few things you should know. We've talked about Nevada's deadly roads on this podcast before, and now 2022's numbers bear out our concerns. Last year was the fifth worst in 30 years, with 382 fatalities. Impairment and speeding are the two most common reasons for so many fatal crashes, but the conversation is also about how we drive, how far we drive in a sprawling city, and even the size of the roads. It's a discussion that needs to take all the twists and turns Traffic Talk deserves. But if you are traveling safely on our highways, here's something that sounds like it's a lot of fun. If you have a library card, you could use it to check out a free pass to any of Nevada's 27 state parks. It covers a carload of up to eight people, and it's good for a week. For more info, go visit parks.nv.gov. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoy the old school hotels of Las Vegas, why not send the episode to a friend? Also, rate the show wherever you listen. Leave us a review and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk soon. You love the rodeo, my man, don't you? I'm the face of the Jewish-English rodeo.